Um, as we prepare to look at the Word, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done for us. We thank you for your, your patience with us, but more than anything, Lord Jesus, that you came willingly dying upon the cross, willingly giving your life uh, in exchange uh, for the, the freedom and the forgiveness of sins for us. On our behalf, you died, Lord Jesus. And, you, and yet we, we look to you and we give you thanks and praise for you rose again. And you proclaimed, and you proclaim that you're coming again. And so, Lord, as we reflect this morning upon all that you've done, as we worship you together, as we give thanks to you together, as we partake uh, together, Lord, um, bind our hearts together in this and... Um, Help us to be more fully committed to following you and just able to to relish the relationship that we have with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And that is, as we look at this passage, or the passage that we're looking at, I want to challenge you to think about not only the relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, but the unity that we have in the body of Christ not just our local church where we're able to partake together of communion together, uh, but also the universal church. And so we think about our brothers and sisters in Christ who are continuing to proclaim the gospel message. I want to go to Hebrews 10.10. And last night, of course, uh, I mentioned earlier, Lorraine and I, uh, we had gotten some cheaper tickets at uh, Memorial Stadium, and so I went ahead and bought those. and we got to sit in section 23 on the 10-yard line where all, most of the action happened last night up in row 44. And we had these young girls come stand by us. And eventually, and, and the, the, the national anthem went on. And we were under kind of the, the seats, you know. So we couldn't see the jets fly over. We just saw it on this little TV. But anyway, a dad came up and he's asking how they were doing. He's about left. And then he goes, well, would you like to switch seats? Uh, we're in row 33. Uh, in this section? Yeah, we'll do that. So we got to move up. What a great exchange, right? Uh, but, you know, looking at the Word of God, there's nothing that we have to give the Lord to earn our salvation, right? We know that. There's nothing that we have that we could have bargained with to get salvation at all. But the Lord Jesus Christ, He died upon the cross. And he came to us with this great offer of salvation. And yet we still had nothing to give him. But we need to understand the order of things, don't we? It's not that we sit back after we receive this wonderful gift of salvation. It's that we walk in a relationship with him. And we give him all that we have. But it's not to earn anything, but it is to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. It is to say, I am yours. All that I have is yours, Lord. And so as we we look at what Jesus has done, we're not saved by works, but we're saved to do good works. But those good works are just a reflection of our gratefulness, a reflection of our love. Amen? 
And today, a part of uh, the reflection of our love is we're going to take communion together. And a couple of aspects that I think we need to look at when we take communion is, is we're celebrating what Jesus has done for us, right? And, and we're obeying him and worshiping him together as, as we take communion. You know, the Lord's Supper signifies a sacrificial death on our behalf. It is a time for us, and as he, on the night of the Last Supper, he took it, he had given thanks. And, and that's where the word Eucharist comes from, is thanks. To give thanks. And so we're giving thanks to the Lord for all that he has done. Another word we use is communion. We are one church. All true believers are part of the body of Christ. And so I was thinking of, of Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And so as we worship today and take communion together today, one takeaway as we go out from the building, would be that we give thanks to the Lord, making his deeds known to all. That we're challenged, we're encouraged, we're strengthened to go and make his deeds known to all. And so I'm not going to go through all of these, okay? I'll, I'll put them up there on the, uh, the board, but there's, there's a couple of um, uh, truths that we see here about this great exchange, and I've already kind of gone over it, but the main verse I really wanted to hit today was Hebrews 10.10. By this will we have been sanctified, uh, by this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now we could say, oh, you're kind of, are we taking it out of the context? Really, a lot of, of Hebrews here is talking about the once-for-all sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ who is greater than all the Old Testament high priests. And his sacrifice is greater than all the Old Testament sacrifices that were pointing forward toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what we find here in the second part of this verse is this once-for-all sacrifice he provided us an opportunity. He provided us an opportunity because he, he is the perfect preparer. We could go to Hebrews 9, 14. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And what we find here is Jesus is perfect. He never sinned. He had to be perfect. And he had to be fully God and fully man. And that's why when we take the bread, we re recognize that Jesus is God incarnate. That is, he added humanity. He's fully God and fully man. We also recognize his painful payments in, in Hebrews 9, 12. And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He paid the price for us. He brought us out of that marketplace of sin. He paid that penalty so that we could be freed. 
I also love 1 Peter 2.24, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live righteous, to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. In these two verses, we also see how we live our lives because of what Jesus has done. But he also rose from the dead, didn't he? He had this once-for-all sacrifice in Hebrews 10.10 again, right? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. Hebrews 7.27 says once for all. Hebrews 10.14 For by one offering he was has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. We're recognizing that offering that He made once. Not again, again, and again, and again. But once. Once for all. It's all by what He has done. I also wanted to to share briefly the first part of Hebrews 10.10 is the position that He gifted us it's a perfect position, right? Look at this verse 10, 10 in Hebrews. By this will we have been sanctified. Sanctified. This is a perfect position. It's not acquired because it was, because it was given. And it was given by grace. This position is a position of union with Jesus. And as I have already mentioned, union with other believers. United. We're a family course families are messed up aren't we (laughs) we're going to be messed up families but in christ we're perfect and this is a powerful position that we have now that's set apart we're set apart we're holy we're positionally and practically placed in a holy position a set apart position We have permanent salvation. So positionally, we have permanent salvation. Practically, it is to do our Father's will now, to live in fellowship with Him, following Him, and to be used. So He uses us. He has us for special use, right? You mechanics out there, do not take your snap-on tools your ratchet, and use it as a hammer. Okay? We're not here to walk like the rest of the world walks. Okay, I, I might take a, one of my ratchets and use it as a hammer, but if I had a snap on it, I wouldn't do it. I guess it was a point, okay? All right. Those are high-quality tools, okay, if, it, if you're not following me. Okay, anyway... We are set apart for special use. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy or that we'll be free from persecution or pain. But we will be used in a powerful way. And that powerful way, I was going to share, uh, and I might be wrong on the name, but my Grandpa Jim's Aunt Sarah Woodward is the one that took him to Sunday school. And I've shared this with everybody before. Just to Sunday school. And it changed. And I believe it's changed my whole family. Okay? 
that side of the family. And praise the Lord, on the other side of the family, there was followers of Jesus. She took my granddad and my Aunt Eva to Sunday school at the Baptist Church in Arnold, and then my grandma and great-grandma and grandpa started going to church. Eventually ended up at the Nazarene, but they became believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe they were, but now my granddad was, and I know where he is. And so it may be something small. You may be just taking up a niece or a great niece or a great nephew or some kid in town, or you may be involved in something where you just give an encouraging word to a kid and it can radically change the whole future of that kid's family. It's also a prestigious position in which we have a glorious future with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so as we take communion, it is a time for us to give thanks for all the things that He has done. It is a time to remember the position that we have in Christ, not only that we're destined for glory, but that we have a church family. We have a universal church family. It is a time for worship. It is a time to reflect upon His sacrifice. To see not only the past sacrifice, but the present significance. And it is a time to see that we will someday, in a new glorified body, see our crucified and risen Savior. It's time to see that He is not done yet. We have an eternal future with Him. And that, you know, we could also think about the future feasts that we will have with Him. Because He says, I will not partake of this fruit of the vine until I am with you, right? That's a paraphrase. We have a great celebration ahead. So a couple of things for us today. One, as we find in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you need to be a believer If you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we encourage you just to refrain from taking communion with us this morning. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, please join us as we worship our our wonderful Savior. Secondly, if, if, if you're being convicted of sin in your life and you're unwilling to confess that, refrain. There's several other challenges and commands in Scripture about it, but if you, primarily speaking here, be a person who is willing to say yes to the Lord Jesus, to confess any unconfessed sin, and, and um, continue to follow Him. And so as we take communion this morning, we're going to reflect, we're going to give thanks and praise, celebrating not only what he has done, but what he is doing today. Um, recognizing our brothers and sisters in Christ today, here with us, worshiping him, and thinking about our glorious future. So, would uh, the elders come forward?
I ask Jordan to ask the blessing upon the bread. Heavenly Father, we um, we just ask your blessing on the bread as we take it, and we thank you that even though we did have nothing to offer and we do have nothing to offer, um, you still became the sacrifice um, that covered us. Um, We simply thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. And as we uh, prepare to take the bread together, my hope is you're reflecting upon His perfect work on this earth and upon the cross as He suffered and died. And I I pray that you're taking time to confess anything in your life that is hindering you from a right walk with the Lord and any sin in your life. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I, I do thank You again for what You have done. 
And I ask, Lord, that you would uh, help us to see the significance of this time that we have together. And we worship you, Lord. You're perfect, holy, just, and so gracious. In Jesus' name, amen. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Take it in remembrance of me. Let's take it. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord, because we know without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission for sin. So, Lord, we thank you for your precious blood, your life-giving blood that you have given for us today. Amen.
In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. A new covenant. This is new. He initiated the reality of our salvation and being brought into his family. Praise the Lord. A new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. Praise the Lord. And he goes on. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as we sang earlier, he is coming again. Praise the Lord. He is coming again. We have great hope. And as you go through the passage into chapter 12, the unity of the church, the gifts from the Holy Spirit, the work that we are to be engaged in. May you be encouraged and strengthened to go out following our wonderful risen Savior. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for what you've done upon the cross that you brought us into this new covenant through the work upon the cross, through the shedding of your blood. We thank you, Lord, that you have united us into one, one family, one body. May we be faithful followers, consistently walking with you daily. I ask that you'd bless each one as they go out this week. Help us to keep our eyes upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're given the opportunity to do many things within the church. One of them uh, is to worship the Lord with our lips, to encourage one another, to use our gifts, I hope. <laughs> right? We should probably talk about our gifts. Right? Um, and to give to the Lord.